I'm the type of preacher that I speak about personal experiences in life and, you know, what I'm going through maybe even now or, you know, I've had um, pretty good reception with that and that's how God made me. I'm just a real person that loves a real God and um, just likes to share what God, you know, does in my life. So I need you to be a little patient with me. I, I need you to take that, that picture off, Sandra. Where's the, where's the, never mind. So anyway, so that's just who I am. So today I'm going to um, talk to you about what I'm personally going through. Okay. Is that all right? You know, God has definitely done miracle after miracle after miracle in my life. I mean, am I right? I mean, those that know me, God has done many, many miracles. And I'm going to share a little bit about that. But you know what? God has also done many miracles in the Israelites' life. Am I right? You know, he dropped manna from heaven. You know, they were hungry. And, and he parted the Red Sea to, to get them to let them escape from Pharaoh and all this. And, and, you know, he just done miracle after miracle after miracle in the Israelites' life. Am I right? And what did they do? They grumbled and complained. Didn't they? You know, God performs these miracles, and then they grumble and complain. That's exactly what happened. And God, you know, has done miracle after miracle after miracle in my own personal life. And recently, I caught myself grumbling and complaining. And I'm going to grumble and complain with you for a minute, but there's a purpose. So just hold tight, okay? All right? Because like I said, I'm a real person that goes through real things. And I'm going to share with you what I'm going through and how I deal with it. All right? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, if you don't know me, I was a missionary in Laos for seven years. God told me January 1st of 2013, Delana, it's finished. All of this is finished. And I said, what? I said, God, if you're telling me that my missions in Laos is finished, I need a passion and a purpose. He gave me a vision that same day, January 1st of 2013. He said to me, Delana, I want you to do a coffee shop. I want you to do it near a university. It was a small town university. And I was like, okay, you know, that's what he said. He said, they need a mother too. Because I was a mother to these girls over in Laos. And I said, okay, God. So that was January 1st. Well, five days later, I had a dream. I'm not a dreamer. I'm a pepperoni dreamer. You know what I'm saying? If I do dream at all. But I had this dream five days after God told me this. And I was in a house. It was a brick house. And uh, in this brick house, it was me. It was an older woman and a young kid. And I looked out the window. And I saw a tornado coming. And this tornado, I said, we gotta, there's a tornado. We got to get to the basement. And so we get to the basement. And this tornado comes and it slams the house head on. And then the tornado's through, it's over, we go upstairs, and the whole house is still structurally there. It's all intact. There's a little mess inside the house, but the whole house was completely intact, and I woke up. And when I woke up, I felt like God said to me, you're going to have some trials. (laughs) You're going to have some tribulations. He said, but I'm your rock and your foundation, and you're going to stand strong. 30 minutes later, probably, I, I never even got out of bed yet, you know, so I had this dream, and I'm thinking about it, because I'm a pepperoni dreamer, I'm like, oh, I think this dream is from God, you know, and so 30 minutes later, I open my devotions, and this woman says, every day I walk, I go for a walk, and I walk by this tree, this big, beautiful tree, and, she, and he says, uh, the uh, leaves, um, the, the storms came, the seasons changed, 
And um, today I walk by this tree, all the leaves are off, but there's a bird's nest up there. And she said how, you know, she looked at the bird's nest and all the birds are fine and they're chirping and everything's all good. And how God, through all the storms of life and all the changes of seasons, how God protected them and that, and that uh, you know, he was, he's their shelter and their protector. And uh, he's, you know, he keeps them safe. And I felt like my dream in my devotion, 30 minutes after my dream, just totally lined up. And I, I, then I said to him, I said, obviously, I'm going to have some hard times. Well, I want to tell you, I'm, I, think I'm in my, I think I'm in my dream right now in life. I think that's where I'm at. I'm in my dream. So <clears throat> God tells me to come home and do this coffee shop. And so here I am. I'm home. Picture. I come home April, April 10th of this year, July 1st of this year, I signed papers. I came home broke and broken. I said, God, how is this ever going to happen? How is this coffee shop? I have no money. How is this going to happen? And so I have no picture, but that last picture you saw, that was me in front of my co- coffee shop. And God made this coffee shop happen. Not only did he make it happen, but... Um, You'll see a couple more pictures, but you'll see where my coffee shop is, is at. It's in Tiffin, Ohio. And um, so anyways, so um, what happened to me is God's done all these miracles in my life, miracle after miracle after miracle, and then I found myself two weeks ago standing there grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining. You know, um, <clears throat> since the beginning of the year, I have been moving about once a month. I moved from Laos to Thailand, from Thailand to Myanmar for six weeks, from Myanmar back to Thailand, from Thailand to California for a week to see my brothers, from California up to Seattle for three weeks for my debriefment, from Seattle to Sylvania. At the time I was in Sylvania, that's when the coffee shop in Tiffin started happening. So I'm going to the coffee shop in Tiffin and back to Sylvania. Tiffin is a little over an hour, hour and 15 minutes from Sylvania to Tiffin to carry for a couple nights to Tiffin, carry to Tiffin, to Sylvania. This is what my life is. Then I moved to the missions house at Calvary in uh, Maumee, Ohio. Stayed there, Tiffin. All this stuff's going on, right? Moving, 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 and just... Uh, about one month now, I moved to Cary. I'm living with some people, and that's my life right now, okay? So I've been moving so much. I'm 47 years old. Do you think I want my own apartment by now? Absolutely. Absolutely I do. The natural is, is I have been moving a lot, and I want my own place, and I want it near my shop. I want it where God's called me and Tiffin so I could be by these kids. You know what I'm saying? But, but what, what else is natural is the shop is really struggling financially. You know, you'd think I'd have kids coming in all the time, which I do have it, but you think I'd be making a lot of money. I'm going to tell you, coffee does not make a lot of money. It might be expensive, but I'm not making a lot of money. I'm struggling financially. I get there, um, Mondays I get there at 5.30, but the rest of the week I get there at 6.30, I get home at 9.30 at night, probably sometimes 10. That's my day. I work alone, I'm there all day. There's my coffee shop. There I am. Next slide. That's me in my coffee shop doing what I do. Amen? And so anyway, so... um, so, you know, I get there, and I, I get home, I go to bed just to wake up to do it all over again, okay? 
So I'm maybe making $3 an hour, maybe, right now. Um, I need to hire somebody, but I can't really afford it. I need to move to Tiffin. I can't really afford it. And I'm in this decisive mode of what I do do. I don't know anything about business. God just threw me in it. I'm trying to get with an accountant to figure out this whole financial thing, and I'm struggling with that right now, but God's working that out. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've been moving for five months now. um, I've been home for five months now, and right now I am going through my culture shock from being back in America. I'm telling you, people, this place is shocking. It is. We have so much. The first time I came home from Laos, I walked out of the store. Couldn't handle it. It was overwhelming. America is so overwhelming. It really is. And so I'm going through my coffee shop, or my culture shock. Not only that, I'm the type of person that needs a buddy. And I have no buddy. I haven't had a buddy since I left Laos. I don't, I have friends, but I don't have a buddy. I'm not married. I'm not married. And, and so, you know, that's just who I am. I'm complaining, ain't I? Sounds terrible. Sounds so bad. I hate doing this. I miss the simplicity of life. Simplicity of life was so good in Laos. I miss it. I miss it so much. And you know what? Because I don't have a buddy, I'm feeling alone and I'm lonely. And I'm going through this alone. <laughs> you, hear, you hear what I'm saying? Also, on top of everything I just said, I have health issues. I do. I'll tell you, my shoulders, I don't sleep well. I can't lift my arm up sometimes. I have all these health issues going on. I have to take medicine, and I have no health insurance. And guess what? I can't afford it. Okay? So, you know, here I am. I'm, I come home. I'm hurting. My jo- right now, my left knee's swollen. Uh, you know, I tell myself... I come home, I'm like, God, why did you send me home? I don't even want to be here yet. I want to be back in Laos with my girls. I miss my girls. I miss what I did. I loved Laos, and I want to be there. That's the real truth. Right now, I don't want to be in America. I want to be in Laos, okay? (laughs) So I'm like, God, why did you send me home? Is this what you want from me? You want me to struggle? What did you do? Send me home to destroy me? Isn't that what the Israelites were saying? What'd you do by sending me into this desert? Did you send me into the desert to destroy us? Just to kill us? Wow, do I sound like the Israelites. Oh my goodness. I'm lonely. I'm struggling. And I was angry with God. And that's the realness of it all. Yes, your missionary from Laos was angry with God. So, what do you do about it? So, recently I had to make a choice. I've been praying, Lord, help me to keep my heart right, because that's really what matters, is for me to keep my heart right. Satan was trying to get bitterness into my heart to destroy me. He was trying to keep me focused on my struggles, so I wouldn't be focused on the kingdom and the call that God has for me. And I had to stop and make a decision. See, the next slide, this is my kingdom. This is what God's called me to do. I am standing from my front door of my coffee shop and taking a picture of Tiffin University. 
That is how close I am to Tiffin University. This is what God told me January 1st of 2013, which I told my unsaved family that God told me this. This is what he wants me to do. And God opened every door up, and this is my front door. It's it's exactly what God said. Exactly. I gave my life up, and I trusted God to do what he said he was going to (laughs) do. But see, this is my kingdom. This is where my mind needs to stay on. And so, and that's what Satan was trying to do. He was trying to keep me focused on my struggles so I wouldn't be focused on the kingdom and the call that God has for me, which is this. And I had to stop and make a decision. Am I going to choose life or am I going to choose death? Because see, if I keep thinking of the small picture, if I keep thinking of my problems, the problems get bigger. They do. And, if I, and I knew if I continued down that road, it would sink into my heart, into my mind, and then everything that came out of me would not be good fruit. And that's what was happening. See, people would come in, well, how's the business going? <laughs> well, you know, it's struggling. And I did it for a day. And then the next day I started doing it again, and I thought, oh, no, oh, this isn't good. These people don't need to hear this. These people need to hear life. So I had to make a choice. And I stood and I said, I will not let bitterness get in. I will not let the enemy take away what the Lord was trying to do in Tiffin. I'm not going to do it. And I remembered what Jesus told me in Matthew chapter 6, a long time ago before Linda. See, Linda was a girl that lived in my house, and she got in an accident and was ran over by a truck. And we were in Laos, and we had to life flight her out of Laos into Thailand. And there was a huge story, but basically, in one week, I went $50,000 in debt personally in credit card bills trying to save this girl's life because it costs almost $25,000 just to send a plane. And so I'm calling credit card companies saying, please, please, I need you to raise my limits on my credit cards. And, and, and I had a missionary look me in the face when I was in Thailand. They're like, what are you doing? This can destroy you. And I said, God's done miracle after miracle after miracle in this situation. And he's not going to stop with me. And within one week, I went $50,000 in debt. And within three weeks, I knew I was going to be out. Actually, as the money was going on, the money was coming and I knew it. And so God said in Matthew chapter 6, before all that happened, a year before all that happened, something very personal to me was Matthew chapter 6. The birds don't, don't store food, and I feed them daily. The lilies don't toil and spin, and I clothe them in splendor. How much more do I love you? You maintain my kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. And so what God told to me is this, Delena. It's my job to take care of you. I love you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to take care of you. Your job is to say, focused on the kingdom. And my kingdom is this, these kids. My kingdom is the people. See, this life isn't about me. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. And the kingdom that's set before me at this moment is Tiffin University. The kingdom set before you, you know, mine's a coffee shop. Yours might be, I don't know, some company you work for, whatever it may be. It might be a stay-at-home mom. Whatever your kingdom is, I really don't know. But everybody has a kingdom and everybody's in a place. God just gave me this kingdom. 
We all have a kingdom that we need to keep our eyes focused on. Outside of, I don't mean, you know, the kingdom of heaven. Well, it's part of the kingdom of heaven, but you know what I mean. We all have something that we should be doing for the kingdom. And I decided I would not, or I decided I would let God take care of me, and I will take care of his kingdom. I will take care of his children, because that's what he told me. And once again, (laughs) I placed myself before the altar of the Lord. I had to. And I sacrificed my life again to God. And I remember that day. It was about a week and a half ago. Maybe two weeks ago. But literally, I was on my face before God. God, forgive me for grumbling and complaining. God, forgive me. I give you my life once again, Lord. You know my situation, God. You know where I'm at today, God. You know that I have no health insurance. You know I have no place to live that is my own. You know right now that I can't even pay myself, God, because I don't know where my money is. I don't know how to pay myself right now with this business. You know I have no health insurance. You know I don't have a buddy, God. You know I don't have somebody that I could call a real close friend to me right now that I could share everything and go through it with. You know this. I trust you. I give you my life, Lord. I give you my life, God. I sacrifice it, and I trust you. You've got me. You've got me. And wow, I made that choice and that decision, and I sacrificed my life once again. And boy, did my attitude change. Boy, did my attitude change. See, I could look at the giant and allow it to destroy me in the plan God has for me, or I could hold on to his promises Knowing and believing he has a plan for me. He has a plan for you. He's got a dream for you just like he has one for me. It's not the same, but he's got a plan for all of us. We're his children. Remembering that all things God works for the good for those that love him. Remembering that it isn't about me, it's about It's about other people. It's not about me. It's about other people, the people that God places around me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, next. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Am I right? That's what he says, huh? How about John 10, 10? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Next, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Am I right? (laughs) I had to look at his promises here. Believe him for his word and know and believe that I am his and that these words, they're for me. I had to look at his promises, believe him for his word and know and believe that I am his and they are for me. Those words are for you and me. Let's look at Joseph. I'm going to tell you a story. He was the favorite son of the brothers, and the brothers hated him because of it. 
They had so much jealousy, they threw him in the well, then decided to sell him to the Midianites. They went back and told dad some wild animal got him and ate him. Joseph then is sold to Potiphar and gets lots of favor and is put in charge of his whole household. Potiphar's wife wants to have an affair with him, and he wouldn't. So she, sold, so she told Potiphar, Joseph raped me. <laughs> Joseph is thrown into the dungeon for many years until Pharaoh starts having troubling dreams, and only Joseph can t- could interpret them. Joseph tells Pharaoh exactly what is supposed to happen. There will be seven years of plentiful crops, followed by seven years of famine. He gets favor again and is now second in command over all of Egypt and leads up this project of the food issues. Joseph begins to store all the grain, preparing for the famine that is coming. As the famine hits, the surrounding people begin to starve, so they make their way to Egypt to buy food. This is how Joseph met up with his brothers. They were coming to buy food. They didn't recognize him, but Joseph recognized them. Joseph accuses them of being spies. So to prove themselves, they had to go home and bring back their youngest brother. Simeon was taken and bound and put in prison to make sure they wouldn't just run away. So Simeon, so Joseph takes Simeon, the one brother, puts him in the prison, tells the other brothers, you go home and get Benjamin, get the youngest brother, bring him back. Eventually, they return with their youngest brother, Benjamin. They have a meal together, get the needed grain, and set off on their way home, only to be stopped by Joseph's servants and accused of stealing. (laughs) They are led back to Joseph. They plead with Joseph not to take their youngest brother, Benjamin. Just like Joseph here, I can choose blaming or blessing. Joseph had every right to blame his brothers for what they did to him. They wasted a huge chunk of Joseph's life. Joseph was, was sold. He was accused of rape. He was thrown in a dungeon. He's missed all of his time out with his dad and his family. And they just stole a lot of his life. And he could have been bitter to them and angry to them. And he could have uh, um, blamed them for what, what happened. But instead, he chose to bless them. And it's the same thing with me. I could continue to blame God and be mad at him for sending me home and making me go through these hard times because I was. I was like, why did you send me home? I don't want to be here. (laughs) It was better. I had the best health care in the world in Thailand. Out blows American health care by a million miles. My health care was 100% taken care of and the medical field was 10 times better than what it is here. They got it going on, trust me, in Bangkok, Thailand. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What'd you do? Why? You know, and I could, I could be angry and stay angry with God and blame God, or I can bless God in these hard times. I can make a choice. I, can ma- I had to make a choice here. It all depends on our perception. This life does. Joseph saw the hand of God, and look what he tells his brothers. Look at Genesis 45. Three through eight. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. I bet you they were. (laughs) Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. But look at verse 5. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because 
It was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Ha, they made a big mistake, didn't they? They threw their brother in, the, in, the, in, 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 in a dungeon and sold him off and all the, or in a well and sold him and all this stuff. Through his mistake, though, God made a big blessing. Don't be so stinking hard on yourself when you make a mistake because I'm going to tell you, sometimes God's going to make a huge blessing out of your mistakes. All right? So don't be so hard on yourself. And so uh, in verse 6, for two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Joseph saw the big picture and not the little picture. See, you know, what did he say in verse five? Do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me because it was to save the lives that God sent me ahead of you. He kept focused on the big picture and not the little picture. The big picture is God chose Joseph as an instrument to save a nation. See, in our lives, we can see the big picture or get trapped in the little picture. The big picture for me is God chose me to be an instrument to save Tiffin. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Right now, I'm in the dungeon, though. Right now, I'm struggling. But I got to stay focused on the big picture. I can't look at all my little issues and all my little problems because that little, those giants get to be bigger and bigger giants. Amen? I cannot stay focused on the giant. I, w- I have to stay focused on what God's called me. I can choose blaming or blessing, resentment or rejoicing. I can choose to focus on the pain or I can f- choose to focus on the purpose. Are you choosing to focus on your pain or your purpose? Come on. In this story with Joseph, you know he felt rejected from his brothers. We all have been rejected. We all go through rejection. But listen what Joseph says in 45, 8 there. He says, so then it was not you who sent me here, but God sent me here. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord over the entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Small picture, you can choose to focus on your feelings. You know, focus on those feelings. You can focus on those feelings, right? Or you can choose to focus on the big picture, which is God's faithfulness. He's faithful to us. He's faithful to us. Don't focus on your feelings, people. Don't focus on the rejection issues. Don't focus on your little troubles, the troubles you're having. Focus that God is faithful to us, and we are his. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote, a man who suffered tremendously in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. (laughs) So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. So I cannot fix my eyes on my problems. I can't do it. But I got to fix my eyes on the unseen, which is Tiffin University and these kids that come into my life. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
I've got to keep my focus on Sierra, a girl that just walked into my shop last week and said, Delaina, I got to tell you something. And we sat down. I've been doing a couple studies with her and just been talking with her. And she's like, you have no idea how much of a blessing you have been to me. You have no idea how much you mean to me, Delaina. And she's like, I wish I, I, I graduate December and I I finish school in December and I graduate in May. And I want you to sit with my family because you've had this much of an impact in my life. And she says to me, she says, and she says, I wish you would have came a long time ago. I got to keep my eyes focused on Sierra or Luke who's an 18-year-old boy just fresh into college a few weeks. And he comes over to my coffee shop and sits down. And he, he, he doesn't know me really from Adam, but he knows he's safe in my place. And he comes and he sits down next to me. He doesn't even order stuff. And I'll be sitting over here and he'll just come over and sit by me and just talk with me, an 18-year-old boy who's struggling. See, I got to keep my eyes on Luke. I can't keep my eyes on my problems because this life ain't about me. It's about everybody around me. See, what we do in life affects people around us. It doesn't just affect us. Our sin doesn't just affect us. No matter what the sin is, it affects the people around us. Right? It is true. So you have to focus on the right things. It's all about perception. Change your perception. If your perception is wrong, pray like I did. God, I know that my perception is not right. I know that my heart's not right. And I know what settles in my heart, God, is what's going to come out of me. I can't let that happen. (laughs) See, it is impossible. It is impossible to have a happy heart when your mind is full of negative thoughts. Hmm. Proverbs 17.22 A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I could have allowed these things to keep affecting me. And what would I have done but dried up bones all around me? Not only my own, but other people's. Look at your thoughts in God's ways and and reject those that are unfitting for a child of the king. I want to tell you something. If you don't know this... You are a child of the king. You're a child of the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's over every problem, over every situation. If he created the heaven and earth and just spoke it, what can he not do for you? If he could set a demon-possessed girl free in Laos like he did, whose mind was completely gone, and set her free, what can he not do for you? If he could rock a boy whose legs were broken and right wrist was broken and, and, and put him un- under surgery and, and rock his world while he's under anesthesia and speak to his heart, what can he not do for you? If he can save Linda like he did and get me $50,000 out of debt in a week, what can he not do for you? He's a big God, people, that loves his children. He's bigger than you. He's bigger than your problems. Hmm. Reflect on Joseph and how, the, how his perception stayed on the big picture and not the small. We all go through it, every one of us in this place. But we have to make good choices that, good choices that bear good fruit. You could choose to focus on your troubles or God's plan. Your blaming or your blessing. Your resentment or your rejoicing. You can refocus on your pain 
or you can focus on your purpose. You can focus on your feelings or you can focus on God's faithfulness. If Joseph would have held on to resentment, he probably would have killed a nation. (laughs) But instead, he focused on the big picture, and he saved a nation. Not only did he save a nation, he saved nations around him that were coming in for food. (laughs) If I stay focused on my little picture, I can destroy Tiffany. But if I stay focused on the big picture, then God can use me as an instrument to save Tiffany. I believe that every decision, everything we do or say is a seed. Everything. Whatever you say is a seed. Whatever you do is a seed. And a seed bears fruit. It's going to bear good fruit or it's going to bear good, bad fruit. Look at Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Let me tell you something, people. That scripture came real to me two weeks ago. When all my desires was, I was angry with God, I want this, la, 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 la. And what did I have to do? Against the, um, no, 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 no. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. I had to lay myself down before the Lord and say, I am not my own. I crucify myself. I sacrifice my life to you once again. All my desires of me wanting to have my own place and have an income and all of this stuff, God, I have to sacrifice it to you and give you my life once again and trust you, God, that you're going to take care of me. And since we live... By, and since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. You know, I've had people say to me, but God gave you this call. He, you know, he showed you. But I'm going to tell you, we all are in our call right now, one way or the other. Mine just happened to be that he moved me from Laos and, and did a lot of things like this. But every one of us is in a call right now. Okay. Every one of us is. Every one of us work. Every one of us are stay-at-home moms. Every one of us have, we all, all the people around us, that's our call in life. And you can take an orange. You can take two oranges. And you can look at it. And you can say, wow, this orange looks so good. It's a beautiful orange. And you can squeeze this orange. And when you squeeze an orange, what happens? The fruit comes out. Am I right? I'm right. And um, until it's squeezed, you don't know what kind of fruit's really going to come out of that or what kind of juice, right? So you could take two oranges that look beautiful. They look the same. They look absolutely beautiful. And you could squeeze one of them in sweetness. (laughs) Love, joy, peace comes out of it. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control comes out of it, right? Or you can squeeze this fruit, and it looks the same. On the outside, it looks the same. But what comes out of it could not be sweet. It could be bitter and sour. Am I right? It's how do you respond to being squeezed? When you're squeezed, how do you respond? Is it sweet fruit full of love? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Or is it full of hate and pity party, unpatient, angry, raging, 
sinfulness, being out of control, selfishness. When you're squeezed in life, when the pressures of life come on you and you are squeezed, what fruit comes out of you? What fruit is coming out of you? When you're tired of being around your kids, they're on you day and night and you're tired of it and it's hard. What comes out of you? It affects the people around you, whatever it does. And that's what matters. See, that's all of our call. <laughs> that's all of our call. We don't do it perfectly a lot of times, but that is our call. The choice is yours. Maybe today, today you need to do what I had to do a few weeks ago. Maybe you need to make an altar, musicians. Confess to the Lord and sacrifice your life all over again. It's what I had to do. I saw things that were coming out of me that wasn't of God. I was starting to complain and grumble. And I had to sacrifice my life again. God, forgive me for what I'm making it. Forgive me, Lord. I give you my life again. When I'm squeezed, God, help me to have love come out of me. Gratefulness. Thankfulness. Patience. I am sorry I haven't trusted you, God, in my life. And I believe that even when bad things happen, God, you work them out for the good, for those that love you. And I believe in that. I surrender it all to you today, God. I sacrifice and surrender my life to you today. So you're an orange, and you're being squeezed. We all have problems in life. We all have struggles. <laughs> Trust me, we do. How are you handling it today? What's coming out of you? Do you need to sacrifice again some of the things that are coming out of you that aren't of God? Do you need to sacrifice your life once again today? Forgive me, God, because I know I'm affecting everybody around me with everything I do and everything I say. I know that every seed, everything I say is a seed, God. And I could be producing bad fruit around me, too, by what I do and say. Not just in my life, but in other people's lives. Help me, Lord, to choose life today. Help me, Lord get my heart right today. Help me, Lord, to affect people around me in a good way. And as I'm being squeezed, let beauty come out of me. Let sweetness come out of me, oh God. Let love come out of me and patience come out of me. <laughs> if you're struggling today, I don't know what it is, but I know we all got pressures and we're not trusting God in something, whether it's our finances, our health, whatever it may be. Come to the altar today. Sacrifice your life. Sacrifice the issue to God and say, God, I trust you today. 
I give it all to you again. I surrender my life once again. Yup, surrender is a daily thing, people. It's a life that we do as Christians. We continually surrender our lives because you know what? We mess up and we need a savior. So when you're being squeezed, what are you doing? Surrender your life again. It's your choice. It's your choice. And God wants to work through all of us. He does. He wants to work through all of us. Let him work in you today. Let him work in you today. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> but let him work in you today. I've done, all I've said, I give to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, this life's not mine. It's not mine, God. I know sometimes I make a mess out of it, but I thank you that you love me still, God. I thank you that you have called me and you've chosen me and I'm yours. And today, once again, I give you all. All my shortcomings, <laughs> I give it to you. All my victories, I give to you. <laughs> it's all yours, God. I crucify my life once again. crucify my life once again. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I'll never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay. You set my feet upon the rock, and now I know. Set my feet upon the rock, and now 